let's talk about Patreon real fast. Do you want to say $5 tier? You will get access to like All outtake the reels. So here's what we do. We, we, we hire Jory's wife, Annie, who does uh, boudoir shoots. Like no. those sexy black and white things. No. And you you see where I'm going with this? I and do. So it's one thing. Ian yeah. and I, Ian and I, <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. Ian and I will will do some really cool, sexy boudoir shoots. Okay. <laughs> and then that'll be that'll be tier five, tier one for Patreon. Well, Access think, to all the sex. I think y'all are worth more than five dollars. I don't know about that. Ian <laughs> might be. Ian might be. I'm not sure about me. Um, uh, okay well we're gonna put a pause on that um and i'm just gonna do a quick patreon thing listeners as you know we have a patreon and so we want to thank our patreon supporters our patrons real fast we have nick as we had had before along with matt and then this week justin joined us in supporting us justin we love you but don't you need your money for college Anyway, not, not if you get a good, uh, not if you get a good financial deal and he's swimming in money. If you get good financial aid money from any of these IVs that you're applying to, uh, then please give us the extra money that Harvard gives you. We'll take it. Uh, you too can join us in supporting us on Patreon at Patreon. And they should, they should. You two's got a ton of money. So That's you too, if you would like to join <laughs> <laughs> the special, the Bono tier, That's where you get a, uh, access to uh all of our youtube covers that joe and our new band uh, performs <laughs> oh my god anyway you also can join us at patreon.com slash wthiap that's what the hell is the pastor initialized and those there's a link in the show description i don't know why i say it out loud nobody well three people are paying us at, because we say it out loud so there's that that's true so thanks everybody for your support Woo-hoo. is a pastor a podcast about life and set apart ministry each week we sit down to discuss our experiences and challenges in small town parish ministry and in phd work and ask others to join us as we try to figure out what the hell it is that pastors do and how to do it as best we can oh my god i had a, a night where i had a, a big nightmare about engaging evangelicals and then they attacked me like physically yeah like physically it was crazy and it was like a real one it was i was like a legitimate nightmare and i kind of woke up at three in the morning like totally feeling terrible and disoriented it was awful yeah that was fun I wonder what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it means that evangelicals are terrible. It has been a banner week for uh, being unable to deal with evangelicals. It's been yeah. a couple of weeks, I think. Um, yeah. I So last night, this can be where we start the episode. Listeners, we're starting an episode right now. Um, uh, last night, uh, Ian is leading a group from his home church who's doing the Disciple Bible Study. Have you ever done Disciple? Uh, yeah, I know what that is. Uh, so, so Disciple, for our listeners who, who don't know what it is, is this United Methodist. It's not a United Methodist publication. I mean, it comes out of Abingdon Press, but like, it's something that like people outside of United Methodism could use. But the premise of it is that like, if you read the Bible really intensely for a year, you will be a better disciple. And there are like marks of discipleship uh, yeah. that you follow along the way each week um then the the first week which i wasn't there for uh, was about like the authority of scripture (laughs) um and uh it was written in the 90s so it's uh 
less progressive than like maybe where we've landed right now since the 90s were like 30 years ago but um it's still not fantastic uh mm-hmm. and this week uh was creation and the like the thing was that like a disciple realizes they're part of creation and uh and basically like obedient to god I, I it was really gross i didn't like it um but like they read the two creation stories in genesis and then read like job 48 and 49 oh. something like that oh uh, i where, guess i can understand that yeah well it, it's it's this like it's this sense of like god is all powerful and so we should just shut the fuck up and i get why a disciple would say that but i hate it sure. um they also had a line uh, where uh, after reading like the, I guess the f- first creation story, uh, you know, maybe the second, I don't remember. Whichever one is the one that has the, so the man will leave his uh, his home and cleave to his wife thing. Yes. That's, yeah. that's two. That's Genesis two. Yeah. Uh, and, and Disciple was like, uh, you might ask a rabbi why the story about the man and the woman is included in the creation story. And the rabbi might tell you that it's because uh, marriage was designed by God from the beginning. And I was like, okay. Um, so it was already like grouchy going into reading disciple. Uh, and, but I like had agreed because when he his church for their like one of their anniversaries i guess like a big anniversary that happened last year uh, a bunch of people signed on to read the whole bible in a year as a part of this like anniversary celebration um and Ian, great. <laughs> I, I know <laughs> uh and ian agreed to be the facilitator for uh like the remote version of those groups because it's up in new york so it would just be remote and then everybody went remote because of covid um but uh, so i would he would be like at my house during covid and so i would like pop in with information every once in a while where i felt like the group was going really off the rails um, right. on something and so i was like you know i could co-facilitate this like i i'll be around i won't be doing church work i'll like and but i would still like to like teach the bible because i like the bible uh it'll be fun and uh, so I hadn't been able to do it the last week. We didn't do it because Ian had gotten his second COVID shot and was just exhausted from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got the, I think got the Moderna one and it just kind of did him in for a day and a half, which sure. means it's working. It means it's good, but he did fall off. <laughs> um, right. So we didn't do it last week. And then the week before that, um, I was driving back from, uh, from being closer to the city. And so I just missed the time. But this week I was fine. So I, I show up on the call, but I'm like already pissed about the disciple curriculum. So I decided that I'm going to play video games with my camera off and my sound off and just like hop in when there's like a question or when like Ian wants to pitch it to me for something. Sure. Um, Cause I felt like that was the best way to engage with it. So that I would keep my mouth shut and not ruin other people's faith. Um, and then like, as the conversation went on, if somebody, uh, there was somebody in the group who um, talked about like Ash Wednesday, which just happened, like when this is released, it will have been the Wednesday before. This will be released on the first Monday in Lent. Um, and so talked about how like we are, we are dust and we go back to dust and um, how this world is fleeting and how uh, we shouldn't love our bodies. We need to love our souls. And I was like, you know, I'm oh. here for like the death stuff. You know, I, I love that. <laughs> but as soon as you're like, we should love our souls instead of our bodies, alarm bells start going off in my brain. But like, there was one comment that kind of went along with the like out of dust, you're created stuff. Okay, fine. Um, but as, it, as the conversation went on, there were just more and more comments from this person that were in, in a vein of like theology that I was like, oh, I think this is wrong and I think this is harmful and uh, this is not really my group to correct it in. Uh, but like also nobody else was like reacting to it, uh, but I was having a very big outsized reaction to it. Uh, and then somebody asked, well, why did God create? Which is a great question for creation. Question. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, and I think that there's no one simple answer to it. So I think it's a great discussion question. And this person who had jumped in about how we should hate our bodies <laughs> jumped in um, and essentially went, I, I, did, I didn't listen to her finish her answer because it was just too much for me. But it was along the lines of like, uh, God does what God does. And uh, therefore we shouldn't question it. But also like God, uh, God needed to make a creation to be in charge of. It was this, oh. it was this kind of idea that like, um, and just the idea of God as like the big angry sky God who, um, who needs people to boss around. Uh, and that like, that's our paradigm for what the best, most holy being in the universe is, you know, like it's, um, it's, it is, it's so incorrect on so many levels uh, mm. in, it, in the way that I kind of think about creation, the way that I understand God. Um, and it also just this, this idea that like God is God and we are not. And therefore uh, you can't question anything that comes from God. And then that the next step is you can't question anything that comes from God's chosen who are like male pastors, um, except like male pastors, famously abusive sons of bitches. Sorry. Um, and I like, I just lost it. I just lost it. So I got off the call um, and I start like sobbing to myself. Like tears are just like, also like perseverance landed yesterday. And so I cried when perseverance landed. So I was just like, look at like, it was like good news. It was in the middle of like yep. all the rest of the stuff that's happening. It was just the, like, the, it's always the a human, theme. the human colonialization of, of other planets has begun. <laughs> No, the race. no, that's not what it is. Now you want to be worried about us colonizing outer space. You need to be worried about these private companies that are planning their moon bases. Jesus. Elon Musk. Anyway. <laughs> but so I had like cried over perseverance. Um, and what else did I cried over earlier in the day? There have just been a couple of things that like had made me teary. So like, I was just in more of a crying mood, but this was like just active, like heaving sobs that I'm like trying to keep in. Cause like we're on a zoom call in the same house. If I was actively sobbing downstairs, like everybody would still hear me <laughs> even after I left the call. And so I'm trying to like cry quietly to myself, but I just felt, um, I like such an outsider and so abandoned and, um, and, and just like, uh, there, there's always this fear and we talked about this a little bit when we recorded uh, a, an episode that I'm not sure exactly when it's going to drop on this podcast feed but um, about a 1970s movie about the rapture so we talked yeah. about evangelicals and rapture theology um, but like I am always two seconds away from thinking like maybe the evangelicals are right and then like grieving everything I now need to give up in order to be a faithful person. Um, like, I, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I just, my brain goes into this, like the worst possible uh, scenario of like a way of living where I would be completely and totally miserable. Um, but I would be happy because I would be following God's commands for me as a woman. Um <laughs> That's how I feel. It's like, it, I go into this like crash mode and I hate it. And then to like, cause Ian's church as we've talked about is, is a fairly progressive church. Um, and so just to like, I had earlier that day written through like, what would it be like to leave the UMC? Like to never go to a United Methodist church again, to leave the candidacy process. Um, to just, just to like, see what, see how I uh, felt about that. My spiritual director calls it like trying on an idea. Sure. And, uh, I was like, let me just see how I feel. Like, let me see what my reactions are. And I didn't love the idea of completely leaving the UMC because, um, I, there's a, like a, there's a connection there still. Um, and I think that like, give it 20 years and things will settle out in a better world. It's just, that it sucks right now. Um, uh, because people are terrible, but eventually those people will leave or die. Uh, but then there will always be new terrible people and there's new terrible people in every denomination. So like, why not just stick with my terrible denomination? It was kind of where I had landed at it, landed with it. But then I go to this Bible study that was like, I mentally kind of prepared myself for it to be a relatively safe space where like, um, 
I wouldn't be challenging somebody's fundamental understanding of the universe out of the gate. Um, and then suddenly like, here we are. And, and I felt so like unwelcome and unwanted, uh, it, which is none of Ian's fault. Ian was actually going to like pitch it to me in just a second after I left the call mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and then messaged me to see how I was doing. But um, yeah, I just, I felt awful. I felt disgusted and disgusting. Like I felt, I, I was both angry at people and like, I felt terrible about myself. Uh, and then this is on top of like, I had to not look at Twitter for a couple of days because we are still having ongoing discussions about Ravi Zacharias. Um, right. And, and like the idea of apologetics is now uh, something that people are talking through. And I'm like, I mean, it's cool that uh, we're having that conversation about how I don't know that apologetics is really helpful, but it, apologetics has now become like a moral bad among ex-evangelicals. And, um, and I, 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 but it sounds so close to like, well, you shouldn't think through your faith. You should just believe I, I, like there's, there, it just, there was no like safe place for me to land faith wise this week. And it was right. Lent. Um, I, like I actively didn't go on the internet on Wednesday cause I didn't want to see people's ashes. I didn't want to see people posting about Lent cause I'm not doing Lent this year. This is the first time since like 2008 that I haven't gone out and gotten ashes um on ash wednesday or been a part of like imposing ashes <laughs> and it, it was just like a really terrible week for um for finding my place in christianity like i really kind of came out of the end of uh, end of this week feeling like there's not really a place for me as a christian and i like i think i logically know that's not true but like it felt very very true um and if I had like engaged any evangelicals this week, I think my brain would have produced a very similar nightmare <laughs> to yours yeah. of like, well, they're going to physically attack me. Um, so yeah, so I don't, I don't really know where to go with that, but that that's where I'm at with the church yeah. right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know that everything you're feeling is like totally like valid is such a dumb thrown around word but like it's true right like hopefully you don't feel bad for feeling like this like that this is how you feel and this is what you're working through i get it i totally get it um ex-evangelicals are gonna ruin the world we all know that like like (laughs) i have that feeling yeah (laughs) we we all know that like ex-evangelicals are responding purely from a place of trauma None of them have worked through their trauma because they're just evangelicals. That's just what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like the, the people who don't identify as ex-evangelicals tend to be people who have never been evangelical or uh, have worked through their trauma post their leaving evangelicals. They tend to identify themselves as atheists or Episcopalians or... <laughs> <laughs> you know it's so true, stuff like that like where they're just like they're just episcopal now you know and and they like liturgy and and enjoy their center to left to left politics you know like it's it's not it's just not that big of a deal and they don't they don't say kind of odd things like all apologetics is bad when they've never read like justin martyr right you know like like when 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 they say apologetics is bad they're really just saying ravi zachariah is bad you know like like and and or or um pure flicks is bad whenever they create an apologetics movie like they ex-evangelicals still don't have a still have all of the um hang-ups that evangelicals have they lack a historical understanding of where they are situated in the faith they they're they lack curiosity mm-hmm. over um the christian churches over 2000 years of discourse and and dialogue on all of this they are attracted to polemics above everything right. else they they they're interested firstly in being right right and, and so I say all of that to say, man, if you're not going to listen to evangelicals, definitely don't listen to ex-evangelicals. 
because because those folks those folks are just as screwed up, uh, and they like it. I think that's the difference. I think ex-evangelicals who really identify in that space uh, really enjoy that part of of their trauma, and and enjoy that they kind of can hold this torch right and be like the evangelicals are are bad. It's like it's like when Triple H says John Cena sucks. Oh yeah, good good job, you know your special boy like like you've done it of course the evangelicals are bad anybody can see that you know anybody anybody outside of that world can see that evangelicals are raping and pillaging the earth and psychically and physically harming other people and uh keeping the colonialization banner going you know like we all know that um but but you know the 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 mirror discourse in the ex-evangelical world is ultimately the same thing. Nobody's interested in having long conversations about community organizing. Nobody's interested in, in, in applying the same uh, selection of critiques uh, that, that they are able to do for for Ravi with Richard Rohr. Right. You know, like nobody's interested in that or, or, you know, all the other folks. That, that they like to have in their camp. And so yeah. I'm sorry to, to ramble about ex-evangelicals, but like, you know, the, my, my point is, I, I think I'm frustrated with them. So I ramble, I'm rambling a little bit, but like what, what your story has invoked in me is, is the desire for myself and for you to seek uh, a, a totally different way than that. Yeah. You know, and, and to not, not just kind of, and you're not, I'm not saying you are, um, but to not just kind of fall into that camp of, of already, you know, legitimately hurt, but, but ultimately um, uh, uh, not really transformed people, you know, who, yeah. can I put it that way? Like, like nobody has, there, there's no metanoia. There's no, there's no 180 degree turn a- away, you know, and none of us are doing that fully, but, but like it becomes just a, a, another toxic community on the other side, rather than folks saying, you know, no, there's, there's uh, 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 you know, you, you have to believe these three things about human sexuality to be saved. The alternative is there is nothing to say about human sexuality to be saved. When come on, we know that's not true. We know that we know that human sexuality is 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 a part of the way human beings are made, and that Christian morality and Christian ethics and the touch of Jesus Christ applies to all aspects of human life. And so, no, I don't think that that we swing wide the gates and say. Uh, um, I don't, we shouldn't even ask questions about human sexuality. That's silly. Or, or apologetics uh, hurt me because I've read bad apologetics and the people that do apologetics that I know of are ultimately horrible people. Therefore, not only are, uh, not only are uh, those people bad, but, but the work of apologetics is bad. And you know what? So is the work of theology. I'd much rather read Richard Rohr. <laughs> I don't know. I'm being silly, but but like my point is, is that my point is, and then I'm going to get off of this. My point is, is that all of that is, all, all of that is reductionistic and and betrays a kind of betrays the same kind of impulse that you find in people who who say what they were saying at Disciple, right? A lack of an of an interest in thinking this through, a lack of an interest in in wanting to be whole and well, and more of an interest in wanting to be right. So I agree with everything you're saying, and I think that's definitely things that are at play. Um, part of what so so part of what <laughs> made me cry earlier in the day, now that I'm remembering it, it made me cry really hard. Later is that. Um, one of the biggest 
um, problems that my church had with me is that uh, in bringing, quote unquote, in bringing politics into the pulpit, um, I took what had been a safe space for them and like a, a space where they came to feel um, loved and like recharged each week and all this kind of stuff at church. Um, I, I took that from them because I kept forcing them to like look at growing edges that they had. And they're like, that's fine every once in a while, but it can't be every week and you're doing it every week. Um, and, and like, that's, that's really ungenerous to like all of the rest of the work that I was doing. And that's mm-hmm. a really narrow understanding, but I, I also really get that feeling um, where like, you do just want to have a, a community where you can go and know that like, you're okay, you know, um, that we all acknowledge that like, we're growing and, and um <sighs> that we agree on, on, on base things. And like, there's a shared understanding and a shared love and a shared trust. Um, and that we all, we all want that community. Wouldn't it be great if our faith communities could be that? Mm-hmm. Um, and they felt that they had that. Uh, and they felt that I took that away from them. Um, and that's really, a really painful um, as somebody who is like a, as somebody who was a spiritual leader to have the people that you were leading is, say essentially like you made us not like church anymore uh, because you, um, y- like you hurt us by taking this from us, which is not, not the situation, right? Like I was, I was asking them to grow in a way that they needed to grow because I saw that they had a solid foundation. And so I was Mm -hmm. nudging, I was not pushing, um, but maybe it was the wrong time to push. Um, But so, so that was, that was something that they uh, had said to me was that like, I was taking this from them. And what I would really love and what I'm really, um, currently doubting exists for me, which I know is not a fair doubt, but it's something that I feel like really deep in my spirit. Um, I really want a community of people who believe basically the same thing that I do um, and are working toward the same goals that I'm working toward and a group of people that I can trust and come together with and enjoy being around and like fellowship, but also go out and like do good work together. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, um, I want a church community um, sure. and I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel like there's a church community out there that I could actually belong in because I don't really trust church people right now. Right. Um, and so that was, that was kind of like the double whammy that happened uh, in disciple of like, I, my brain went back to like, well, if you say anything now, you're just going to do exactly what you did at your church, which is to ruin people's spaces where they're learning together. Um, it, it, which is not, um, not really what would happen. That was a lot of me thinking terrible things about myself, but like, it felt really aggressively real, like living through a nightmare. Um, and so, so while I think that there is, um, there's a discussion to be had about ex-evangelicals and why, uh, how they're still abiding by basically the same premises as evangelicalism, just more liberal and how that's not a really healthy space. But also um, with United Methodism and why it's so hard <laughs> to continue to be a United Methodist is that we continue to have this big tent idea, which I guess is fine, except it allows for us to keep this kind of toxic theology around um, because it's just what people believe. Like, and and maybe they learned it at United Methodist Church or maybe they learned it somewhere else and they just kept it. But um, there's no effort to try to bring us all into like a healthy space where we can do good work together. It's just, well, you gotta tolerate, tolerate people where they're at. And like, don't you dare ask them to grow unless it's to read the Bible all in one year and grow in quote unquote discipleship through the approved curricula, which is conservative. Like, I, I, I guess it's something that's playing out on a larger stage too, is when they talk about um, bipartisanship and unity, it means giving Republicans what they want, not getting Republicans to move toward the left. And that's probably just part of American culture. But it's really right. frustrating to think that, like, if I go in a United Methodist church, I am always going to encounter 
this type of toxic theology. Um, and, and I have to be ready for that. Like I always have to be on guard when I go into church, there will never be a time where I won't have to be on guard when I go into church. Um, unless I'm like starting my own church community and that sounds exhausting. It does and I don't, sound exhausting. Right. And I don't know what to do with that. Right. Like I no longer, not that, not that necessarily I ever felt safe or that I could really trust everybody at church, but it's like, it is now everywhere. And I think that that'll fade over time and I'll have less of a persecution complex about it. But like, I do honestly think that there will always be toxic theology that I disagree with at any church that I go to. And so what's the point of going to church and having to face this all the time? Hmm. I don't know what to do with that because I tried to fix it and I got, um, you know, forced out of the pulpit. So. Right. Right. Well, so, you know, I, I think that you're right when you say that you're going to encounter stuff like this pretty much anywhere. Um, actually, even if you make your own, right? Like, because, because you're, it's not like you can police people's thoughts, Joe. Right. Right. You know, and, and, and you can't, you, you also, I mean, I guess you could, if you started your own kick people out for misbelieving. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I think that you know, if I may be candid, if I was your pastor hearing you say this, I, I might say something like, well, it really just sounds like you still have a lot more to work through before yeah. you can be in Christian community with the body of believers. Because I'm not saying that we shouldn't work on toxic theology when we see it. That's not what I'm saying. But that you can't avoid it. But, but it's not avoidable, and, and exactly. And, and I, it seems to me that part of being in relation, being a body is being a body even when parts of it are sick. Hmm. You know what I mean? If I can use the metaphor, if I can use St. Paul's cliched metaphor, <laughs> um, I mean, people are sick, you know? And, and sometimes when things get really, really sick, you have to amputate to protect the whole body, but that's only, that's only when it's real extreme, you know, and, and there is a sense in which the United Methodist church is at that place, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. that's really why it needs to, needs to, we need to put a stop to this because, and why we need to split or we need to close. I vote for close. Cause I don't want to give the, the, the traditionalist anything. Um, but, but like that's, that's kind of where we're at there, but like a local congregation that, that uh, like we, we say this all the time, right? Like, or at least I do, I I'm prepared to be in Christian community with anybody provided that we agree on practice. Right. You know, I, I really am. I will debate and have problems with people who, who I think are wildly wrong, but as long as we, as long as we look at each other at the end of the day and say, hungry people need to eat. Cold people need warmth. Vulnerable people are where we see the face of Jesus, and so we need to be with them. Great. It doesn't matter. I, I don't. I, they can believe in predestination. They can subscribe to the worst theology in the world. I will be in Christian community with them if they if if we can agree on practice. Um. But every every church is going to have toxic theology that's going to make a fever or make the body a little sick or, or, or whatever. And we address that and we work with that. But, but if it's just a little sick, we don't, we don't kill it. We don't abandon the body. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems to me, and I, and I, this is not me, th this is not me saying a bad word about you. It's just from my, my vantage point. It seems to me that you're just not ready to be in Christian community again. That might be true. And that's and that's okay. Like like that's not that doesn't make that doesn't mean that you and I aren't in Christian community together as friends and brothers and sisters and and baptized Christians. You know what I mean? Like like that that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that you have no 
other fellow Christians in your life, like like and 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 that you're not in community with them in some way. But I think it might mean that that right now, like the things that are asked of people who have who are a part of a church of like a little C church together, it might be too much to ask of you right now where you're at. That doesn't make you a bad person or it does and it doesn't make you a you know like evil or or shitty or, or anything like that. It just it just might be where you're at, where you are because you know there there's there's always going to be someone who thinks this way and at least in some sense who who and not only thinks this way but is like pretty okay with it mm-hmm. yeah you know and 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 it doesn't it doesn't really hit them in the same way that it might hit you um and like it's okay if it hits you in the way it does. You you have trauma in your life and you have stuff you're working through and, and stuff that, that hits you in, in unique ways that doesn't hit everybody in the same way. That's okay. That's okay. Um, perhaps that means that you, you continue to work through it. Maybe you join a Bible study with six or seven people that you trust, you know, that, and 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 you move kind of slowly into it if 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 you have that desire, but like your desire for a you know if if I may say this out of love and out of friendship like I think your desire for the congregation that that has nothing within it that 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 will um um take you and your and your thoughts and feelings back to those bad places i don't think there's a congregation alive that's like that right now right uh so i thank you because i think that's all good um i uh it seems oh let me stop crying okay um it's unfair Maybe that's not the right word. It feels very unfair that like I am, um, I don't know that I'm the person who was like the most hurt by uh, the last six months or whatever at my church. But like, there's definitely going to be like, there's a deep hurt and there's going to be like scarring and there's not, um, hang on. I'm going to like edit <laughs> a lot of the positive. Okay. <laughs> um, there's, I am the one who now can't go into a church, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> it also doesn't seem like completely in line with Jesus's ministry as I see it happening in the gospels. <laughs> um, yeah. I, there's, there's just something kind of uh, unjust about the fact that like I am in need of care and uh, instead of being told like we will care for you and we will make space for you um, really like the church is not capable of doing that so I need to take space for myself and um, heal myself outside of the body of Christ before I can like, well, not the entire body of Christ, but, but outside of a church before I can re-enter the church. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I need to, um, I need to go do all of this work on my own somewhere else, you know, like that there's just, there's a rejection to it. That is, um, that like hurts, but it's absolutely right. Right. Like the church is just not prepared to deal with this. Uh, so you have to, well, the United Methodist church is not prepared to deal with this. And, and I think um, there's just not, there are, it, nobody specializes in this necessarily um, in terms of like, there's not like a denomination that's really good at this. There's not, I have not seen pastors or churches that are like amazingly good at this. And it's really just, 
I don't know. Anytime we want to think about (laughs) anytime people are like, well, why do people leave the church? Well, people leave the church uh, either because the church isn't doing anything for them or because the church hurt them and they don't come back to the church because the church isn't really interested in um, helping to heal the wounds it produces. (laughs) Um, I, I was thinking about that with my church, just like if I got an apology, I think that would help like it would, it would show that people do grow and change and uh, understand the impact of their actions and words, but I can't hold my breath for an apology. Like that is likely never going to come. Um, and that's not fair. No, and that's awful. Not. Um, and then to everybody outside of this situation, who's like, Oh, you moved to Virginia. Like that makes sense. You moved in, you moved closer to your partner is how I say it. Uh, because I don't want to get into the conversation about how I shouldn't be living with somebody who I'm not married with, uh, married to, but, um, they're like, that makes sense. Are you going to get a church up there? I'm like, no, I'm not going to get a church in Virginia. Like, why would I do that? But they don't, uh, they don't understand that. Like I had a terrible experience at, and like, I, I hate saying that it's terrible. Like it was not really all that bad, but like, (sighs) maybe I'm like dwelling on it too much. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm in no position to lead a church. I would be a nightmare leading a church right now. Um, that does not mean that I'm not capable of like leading churches ever again in my life, but like, Mm -hmm. it also makes me never want to be a pastor. I was talking to my spiritual director and I'm like, I don't want to be an elder. I never wanted to be an elder. Like I wanted to be able to do communion and that's a different thing than being an elder. Um, yeah. I'm just very angry at the church. And so that means that like, it's very easy for me to like, and also we have this like big scandal in evangelical land where you just see like, you know, like theology allowed this to happen. And so we need to have better theology, but like you can have differences in theology. Like you're saying, we just need to have like agreed upon codes of conduct (laughs) and like be able to say like I understand that you believe this like that means that though we need to be paying attention to what people are doing because pastors aren't God um yeah I don't know it it feels like a really intractable problem and it's still really harmful but like I like I think you're right I think time away will be will be helpful it just sucks that like it's my job you know nobody else is going to come alongside me I mean like clearly we have this podcast <laughs> like clearly there right. are people doing it like it exists but there's not um there's not a church that's going to come alongside me right like there's not this larger community that's going to come alongside me because they're not interested in people like me um well well i you know i not not to not to uh rush to the defense of a hypothetical church that we're conjuring in midair right that's true um, <laughs> but uh, but but i will like a you know, ambassadors of the church are coming alongside of you. Right. I just make that, you know, I, I want I want you to think about that. Like you know that, but I want you to remember that. Like there are they are. Um the church as an institution, as an institution now, is is not very good at this. Um it's not designed to be good at this. It's it's not it's it's not good at this. And and that alone demands that we revisit how to structure the church as an institution. But um, traditionally, lots of Christians have been really good at this. Yeah. You know, traditionally, lots of, of Christians have been good at being with people, helping to facilitate healing, and, and showing companionship and fellowship to people when it really matters. Lots of Christians have been bad at it too, but, but like everybody's a little bad at it, that there are Christians that have traditionally been good at it is a good sign. Um, And so I I just want to push just a a bit out of love and friendship to say, and say, you are not, you're not doing it on your own. You're not, you're not expected to pull yourself up by yourself. Like there are people in the church and Christians and, and your fellows who are um, who, who are in the know and are helping, but but who are also prepared to you know care and talk and 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 be with you. 
joining the institution is hard for you right now and might be impossible right now. But that's that's not really your fault. You know, it's just the institution is is kind of bad at this. You know, the non what do we say here? The nonprofit wing of the kingdom, right? The nonprofit mm-hmm. wing of the kingdom sucks at doing um, really important kingdom work. Um, not all the kingdom work, but but lots of it. And this happens to be one of those things. It's it's the reason why um, were I your DS, I would have I would have asked you to leave a little while ago. <laughs> fair, fair. Out of out of love, like like out of love for you, but out of but out of the fact that okay, well, obviously you can't run the nonprofit of the wing right now. Right, right. You know, and hopefully you'd be like, "Fuck yeah!" Can you can do that? Like you, you can you can pull me <laughs> out. Like like of course we can. Like like this is it doesn't make you a failure. It just means that you can't do it right now. You know. Yeah, and that's okay. And- in defense of my DS, she was really ready to be like, you go when you need to go. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I think uh, also there's a conversation to be had about like the um, the expectations. Well, I, we talk about it all the time. There's not a conversation to be had. We've already had it. The expectations that like uh, pastors... Uh, must always be pastors like that that Mm. it's not just a job that you do when you're able to do it but that like that you are ordained to this for life and if you're not serving a church as a pastor you are a failure of a pastor like that's just all that's all wrapped up in our theology about ordination and what it means it's not great um it is not great it is not great yeah because i don't think uh I don't know, like the thinking back to the early church, we're thinking back to like, again, some mythic thing, like, um, but if you look at like the book of Acts, it does not seem to think that like the people who were serving as the elders or as the deacons in, in what's laid out in, in Acts or in any early text, it doesn't seem to think that like, those are things that are going to happen forever. No. We just kind of institutionalize and don't realize how harmful that can be. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's just it's it's hard to um, it's hard to even want to do the work when like the church is such a messy, gross place. Like it's hard to think that like it's worth it. Um, and like maybe maybe it is because every time I think about like the thing that I would want to be a part of or the thing that I would want to make, I come up with something that looks a little bit like the church. <laughs> So like, I think that either I have no imagination, which could also be true, um, or like there's something. Well, you're here. a science person. Science people. <laughs> then science know. doesn't involve any imagination at all. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, ugh, it just sucks. It sucks a lot. Um, and, and you think that like there are Christians who are, who are good at come along coming alongside people who are in the place that I'm at, I think you're really right. But you'd also just think that the church would have figured out how to do this because the church does this over and over and over again to people. Like I am not the first person to be having these feelings in this relationship with the church. And so you'd think that the institutional church would like wake up to what is happening, but I don't know. The snooze button is, is uh, well used in the institutional church. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. That's that is where uh, I'm at in the life of a former pastor this week. Uh, and I think that like I could have kept all that to myself, but I also want to like I mean, podcaster shouts out into the void. But if like another pastor who has uh, been invited to leave their church, <laughs> um, who is like finding themselves caught up in a whole host of emotions. Um, I don't know. I guess nice to just hear it from other people to be like, um, it sucks. It does just suck. Yeah, it does. It does. I assume it gets better, but it it sucks right now. I, I have to also assume it gets better. <laughs> um, like, I mean, I, you know, I think that uh, you're doing the work, Joe. You are. You're doing the work. You want things to 
uh, improve and and for as much as as personal responsibility is real you know i'm the jury's out on how real all that stuff really is <laughs> you know if it's a pro, if it's a right wing propaganda thing or, or whatever but as but as far as you know taking taking your health into your own hands is concerned you you you're not just getting on twitter and screaming you know you're not that there's anything wrong with that but there might be something wrong if that's the only thing anybody does right yeah um you are you are working you're working at stuff and that's i think that that means that things will be okay i really do maybe one day you'll be an episcopalian or or like you know what but i don't maybe not maybe one day you'll be a methodist again <laughs> yeah uh whatever the hell that looks like or means um i i probably won't join the traditional methodist denomination until they they vote in their second general conference to ban women clergy mm. um because that would be the ideal time i'd show up to watch that happen and then watch all of like the center and center right people who join it for the orthodoxy quote-unquote to go oh no oh my we uh we've made a grave error <laughs> and i'm like yeah didn't you um but no i think that you know i think that there is a place for you i do yeah and i, I think and you're I probably think right and i think it will happen you know i think there's a place for you now is really what i'm saying like like i think that and and i think that you can live into that space as uh more christians in your life and that you might come in contact with and maybe even non-christians um continue to kind of reveal that space for you my ecclesiology is weird as you know and so like part of part of what i believe is that you know we make church everywhere we sort of go and it, and it sort of springs up you know based on need Mm -hmm. And uh, you have a need, and so it will spring up. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, yeah, not to, like, turn the podcast into my personal therapy session, but, like, what have we been doing for a year and a half, you know? Right. I'm with <laughs> so you. What we do. I'm with you. Well, thanks uh, for letting me talk for an hour. You want to sign us up? <laughs> I can. I can. Friends, thanks for listening. This has been an episode of What the Hell is a Pastor? We are Ethan and Joe, and we will see you next time. It, hang on. Ian's about to come in the door with coffee and bagel, so we're going to let Ian come in. Hello. He was very kind. He went out in the blizzard and got coffee and bagels. Wow. I'm literally telling a story, so you can't sit here. <laughs> but you can give me my bagel. Thank you. You're the best. I love you. Bye. I'm sorry.